Hello, and welcome to the Spandex and Wine Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Hackney, and I'm so happy that you're here. This podcast is a place for conversations about balancing a healthy lifestyle and being happy. More specifically, happy hour. Together, we'll explore all things wellness and wine. I hope you learn a little, laugh a lot, and along the way, know you're not alone on this balanced wellness journey. Ready to jump in? Pour something in your glass that makes you happy because it's time for Spandex and Wine. Hello and welcome to the Spandex and Wine podcast. Have you ever dreamed of traveling the world? Me too. But have your trips ever been centered around learning, tasting, and making certain spirits? Have you scrolled through Instagram and seen amazing cocktails? Your mouth waters? If so, today's guest is your gal. She is a special education teacher, liquor store owner, swim coach, and is now hosting travel adventures that sound phenomenal. I came to know her through Traveling Vineyard as she was an elite leader with a passion to help everyone on and off her team, earning her numerous awards, including Spirit of the Vineyard, and that's a big deal. Her goal is to increase awareness on how wine and spirits are produced, made, and consumed, and to expose everyone to new kinds of wines and spirits. Our connection at the end of our conversation gets a little bit crackly, but when you hear where she lives and how her customers find her, you'll understand why. So happy to introduce you to Nicole Lefebvre Wenzel. Well, hello and welcome to the Spandex and Wine podcast, Nicole. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm I'm happy to be here, Robin. Thank you. I know yesterday we were wondering if you could make it because you said your voice was gone. Yeah, I coach a girls swim team and Sunday we had our final competition and um, I did a little bit too much screaming apparently. Um, (laughs) I'm just getting my voice. You can still hear it's a little raspy, but it's not as bad. So um, here I am. (laughs) So how do the girls do? They did really well. They took um, second in the section overall and they're really close to some of the school records. So it's been really encouraging to watch them achieve those goals. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Wow. Well, I've been following you. Well, I've known you for a few years now, but I've been following you on Instagram and all of the cocktails and mixology things that you're doing and posting just look amazing. I wish I lived right next door. Um, but I thought <laughs> you would be the perfect person to have on since it's spandex and wine, which wine spirits, you know. Um, but given your knowledge, I, I'm so glad you said yes. Oh, thank you for having me. I was honored. Yeah. Well, you wear so many different hats. So you said that you're a special ed teacher, you're a swim coach, um, you own a liquor store, and then you have this wonderlust business. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I travel a lot and um, I love to post everything and we're, we're big foodies and drink people. So just the last couple of years, we've done a lot of traveling and I seem to have picked up such a following that I was actually um, approached by a company and asked if I would um, travel basically for them and help promote their their trips. And um, it's somebody that I used to work with through Traveling Vineyard that used mm-hmm. to do their incentive um, trips and stuff like that. So I was really excited and I accepted. So I'm on I'm on a new journey with that. So I'm excited oh to gosh. go explore more of the world. And taste different foods and drink different spirits from all over. That that's that's what really makes me really excited. 
Yes. Okay. Now how does that fit in with everything else that you're doing? So you get to pick and choose your schedule. How does that work? Yeah. So I basically tell the company where I want to go, what I want to do and what group size I would like to take with me. And all of my trips are all spirit based. So for example, I'm doing Ireland this spot summer because I'm a school teacher. So most of my trips are going to be during school breaks or summer. <laughs> um, and when we go to Ireland, we're going to do, you know, some of the famous breweries, some of the distilleries, but we're also going to do like a gin making class, which oh, is cool. really cool. Most of the world drinks a lot of gin and it's mm-hmm. not quite as popular here in the States, but gin is quite complex and, and it's makeup of different elements. So I'm excited to learn more about gin. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you already have a good knowledge base. Like how did, was it just um, self-research or (laughs) have you taken any classes in mixology? How did you develop all this interest and knowledge? So 10 years ago, I had joined Traveling Vineyard when they were still kind of new and it sparked an interest in me. I didn't really know much about wine or liquor and I, I barely ever drank. And it's still, it's really funny. People assume because I I'm in the industry that I drink a lot, but it's really quite the opposite. I look at it as a class or I look mm-hmm. as as um, as some kind of you know, some people would say training, but um, I have a different spot like when I it's when I go to enjoy alcohol, um, it's more of a research base for me. So okay. anyway, I got started with traveling vineyard. I found a, a huge passion for bringing the education piece behind wine. I dove deep into that. And then I, then I was like, why, why stop there? I started next with bourbon because bourbon and wine are actually have a lot of very similar parallels. They're aged in oak barrels. You know, they, they go through very similar fermenting stages. They have very similar notes. So that was really easy for me to jump over to the whiskey and bourbon world. And then okay. from there, I've, I've started to dive deeper in all the other spirits. And I got into the cocktail world. It's a blowing up world right now. <laughs> Yeah. Netflix has like a a bartending cocktail competition show. Um, my my husband used to own a bar and a fine dining restaurant, so I've learned a lot through him as well. Oh. It's just traveling, traveling. You get exposed to so many new drinks, liqueurs, spirits, um, cordials. I, whenever we go anywhere, I, I tell the bartender, "I'm I'm from the United States. Make me something that I probably have never had." And I've, I've fallen in love with like Pisco. Most people have yes. never heard of Pisco. A Pisco sour yeah, is fabulous. Oh, <laughs> I know. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Pisco is actually like the second most drank spirit in the world. And most Americans have never heard of it. It's mm-hmm. made from grapes, but it's just made a little bit differently in the processing. And um, I love a good Pisco sour. It's just, yes. it's um, so that's what actually led me to teaching classes at our liquor store. They're, we have to call them educational seminars. Um, okay. So we do mixology classes where we provide that education on a spirit, or we talk about different techniques, like how to make simple syrup, or even how to make the perfect thraft on top of like a Pisco sour or a whiskey sour, different tips okay. like that. They find that the average person, um, feels that cocktails are unapproachable, but once they go through our class, they get really excited. They learn more, you know, that they they go back and show their friends like, look, I made a whiskey sour with a wine float on top. And it was so easy. I, I'll show you how to float 
um, liquors too. So yeah. it's, it's been a joy turning people on to the, the educational and fun side of spirits. Oh, I love that. And sometimes when I hear cocktail, I just think sweet and I'm not a sweet drinker, but I know that it's not true with every, every kind of cocktail. Um, yeah. So I love that you're educating people, which makes sense that you're an educator and now you're doing this. I know two birds, one stone. I know. Right. Yeah. And it's so funny. You mentioned sweet because mostly sweet drinks are here in, in the U S and Canada. The rest of the world loves absolutely bitter. Like okay. in Europe, the big thing is Aperol. Have you ever seen mm-hmm. it? It comes in orange um, container. Mm-hmm. It's really bitter. Um, and Aperol spritz is the hottest thing you can get while you're in Europe. And very few people know about it here in the U.S. Yeah. One of our good um, mutual friends, Penny Fitzgerald, that's one of her favorite oh, drinks too. Yes. Oh, good to know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. At least when I've gone out with her, she that's typically what she orders, at least to start the evening. So that's fun. Oh, goodness. Um, so, okay. So you were saying that you like to educate people about different types of, um, of alcohols and how they're produced. I'm really curious about tequila because I love tequila, but I've also heard that, you know, it's, it's important to get a good quality tequila that some of them, some of them have additives. And I never would have guessed that with, uh, uh, tequila or even a bourbon or anything. Is that typical? Yeah, most people don't realize that um, there's different qualities to making any kind of spirit. Um, You know, some people take shortcuts. You know, big producers will often take shortcuts so they can produce more volume in a short period of time. Um, And then you have your craft distillers that, you know, they're really in it for the passion or it's their great grandfather's recipe. And, you know, they tend to do things more like the way it was traditionally made. And you'll taste a difference. You know, when I sold wine, I would tell people the same thing. You can't compare like a Happy Meal burger to a steakhouse burger. They're just, they're both beef, but they're not the same thing. They're processed two different ways. Right. And uh, the same thing with with spirits. Bourbons are a great example. Um, The bourbon world has just gone through a major explosive blow up. Um, People love Buffalo Trace. They can't get their hands on it. You know, even us owning a liquor store have a hard time Um, And that is because, you know, 10 years ago when they were making these bourbons and putting them into barrels to to age, it wasn't a huge thing. So they made the quantity they needed at the time. And fast forward 10 years, everybody wants it now and there's not enough because 10 years ago is when they they made what we're drinking today or or further out. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting to know like the history of different spirits and how they've, they've gone through because whiskey and bourbon was really big in the eighties and then it kind of disappeared for a bit. And then it came out hot in the late, you know, 2010s and it's Uh still, it's still hot, but then the biggest growing spirit right now is tequila. I don't know if people have realized that, but it's the number one growing this year. Gin was number two. But with tequila, you'll see like all the celebrities have a tequila brand now. You know, The yeah. Rock, Kevin Hart, the guys from Breaking Bad. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's got a tequila. Yeah. 
Huh. Well, I think that would be so interesting. I know you said you do um, some courses and I think all your courses right now are just in your liquor store, Um, but to do an online course, like the history of liquor, I think that would be fascinating. Yeah. It's something we've played around with. We've only had the store for about a year and a half. We're entering our second Christmas season. So we've talked about that. We've talked about the possibility of doing these online When we went to New Orleans this summer, we actually attended a place that does mixology classes just like what we do to get ideas to see how they ran their events and how they did things. And we ended up teaching some of the course. Ironically, um, the guy didn't know as much as what we did. So I was like, yeah, okay, we're doing something right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. (laughs) Okay. So if I remember correctly, you live in a really small town in upstate New York. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm about 15 to 20 minutes from the Canadian border. Um, We have a lot of Canadian customers because they can't get a lot of the products that we can get over here. Okay. Um, And it's, it's, I love Canada. (laughs) If you've never been, you should go. Great. I have never been. Both my boys have, but I have not. Um, But I also remember, you know, your success, some of your success in the wine business was because you were in such a small town and you were the girl. So was that what drove you to open the liquor store? You just saw a need? Yeah, we um, are really. um, So I was born and raised in Potsdam, New York. That's a college town. We have four colleges within 10 miles. So a lot of college kids. So um, my current husband lives just slightly 15 minutes out of town in this little teeny place called Hopkington, New York. I'm not kidding. We have more Amish than we have regular people. So with that being said, um, most people were driving, you know, 25 minutes to go get alcohol. Mm -hmm. And we're really close to this really nice hidden lake. Um, The Adirondacks are our backyard. And with the Adirondack Mountains, we have a ton of little small hidden lakes that were left behind from when the big, um, from the ice age, from when the glaciers came through and and retreated. So we have all these amazing little lakes and there's one just five miles down the road. People don't know about it unless you know about it. And Mm -hmm. about 20 years ago, um, a, a very wealthy person from New York City came up here, visited a friend loved the lake and he ended up buying a little spot. He told more people about this spot. So now it's like a really ritzy, nice little place to go. And it's hard to get lakefront. Everybody loves that. So we get a lot of lake customers. We get a lot of people coming from, you know, in the middle of nowhere in the mountains on one side. Um, We're close to an Indian reservation on the other side. So our, our population for our store is very, um, very different than, than the other stores around. So well, it sounds very diverse like too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we try to pull in really cool and unique products that maybe people haven't seen before or haven't tried. Again, like the Pisco, we put that up in our store. We teach a lesson, a mixology class about it. And then, you know, Pisco is moving out the door all the time now. Awesome. And like our liquor rep is like, why is this little town in the middle of nowhere, this liquor store moving so many of these products that don't normally move unless you're in an urban area. So yeah. I feel like I'm doing the world justice, turning them yes. on to new things other than like Tito's and 
cranberry juice. <laughs> yes. Well, your um, passion and enthusiasm, I'm sure gets people excited too. When I first, um, my first Pisco Sour was because of my son, he was studying in Santiago. So I went down to, to stay with nice. him and oh my gosh, I loved him. I brought home a bottle and I, oh my, I nursed that bottle for a long time because I couldn't find it here in Kansas. So I'm sure now probably they have it. Um, but speaking of that, you started the liquor store when it was a difficult time during like, coming off of COVID and so many products were hard to find. So I'm sure you had some kind of challenges with that. Yeah, um, we still faced like a deficit because there was a, such a big glass deficit at the time where things weren't being made in glass bottles. We were ordering a lot of plastic bottles which for us is okay because we're actually on, an, on a huge ATV snowmobile trail um, that runs from the St. Lawrence River all the way up to the mountains. And there's tons of different trails. So a lot of our customers prefer to have plastic because if they're sticking it in their cooler for wherever their end destination is, it's not uh, getting rattled around. So okay. we found that to be a benefit for us that we didn't need the glass containers as much yeah. as other people were. So and then the word got out. So it, people were coming just for the plastic containers themselves. Oh my gosh. Look at you. So people really ride their snowmobiles to your liquor store? Yeah. Um, we just <laughs> recently posted a commercial on TV and um, one couple that comes into the store every weekend, whether they're four-wheeling or snowmobiling, they come in. So I asked them, like, we're going to film a commercial. Do you guys mind just being out here? while we film it. And they're such enthusiasts. They were so excited. But yeah, people literally can ride their ATV side by side or snowmobile up to our store. We welcome it in the summertime. We keep an outhouse outside so they have somewhere to use, especially if we're not open. Um, mm -hmm. We have plans to make a cute little picnic area so they can stop. They can maybe have a drink or two or something to eat or something, you know, while they're there. Mm -hmm. And we just want it to be a friendly, great atmosphere. We encourage the snowmobilers to come in and get warmed up. That's great. Oh my gosh, how fun. Okay, so I said an online course, but forget that. I need to come up and just see you and do one in person. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. If you don't mind, I want to go back to some of your trips. So which, what do you have planned and what are your dream destinations that you want to do next? Ooh, that is, that's so much fun. Um, like you, you heard me mention, we're doing Ireland. Mm -hmm. um, we're also going to be doing Spain. Spain, nice. we're stopping at two amazing wineries while we're there. I'm looking forward. Spanish wines are fantastic. I agree. And then, um, yeah, they're, they're so underrated, really. Everybody, when they think of wine, they think of France, they think of Italy. Very mm -hmm. often do they not think of, you know, Argentina, Chile, Spain. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm also doing the Azores. A lot of people have never heard of the Azores. There are these fabulous little volcanic islands in the Atlantic that are owned by Portugal. Um, I'm obsessed with Portugal. I love Portuguese. I can't Portuguese wine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, we did Portugal for our honeymoon this year and then the summer before, and we've just fallen in love. So I want to see their their tropical islands because I've heard it's a little bit of like Hawaii and Europe put together. And I'm a big volcanic island fan. 
since um, I did Hawaii a couple years ago to go visit a friend. And we got to see um, Mauna Lea on the big island, like actually oozing wow. um, lava, which is so cool. If you guys have not seen a volcano ooze, it's like it's like sitting around a campfire at night. You just can't keep your eyes off of it. You're just so drawn to it. That's mm. great. Yeah. That's great. Um, we did Costa Rica this past spring. Costa Rica is amazing for those that are looking for a really fun adventure and a very chill place. Um, it's a blue zone where people live the most centennials live. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's just amazing. We did a rum distillery down there and learned all about, you know, rum in Costa Rica. We did also coffee and chocolate tour. So those are fun places to go. Yeah. Also on my bucket list is um, Greece. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to enjoy all of Greece. I want to go to Japan and drink sake. Oh, Have you had sake, you. Robin? What's that? Have you ever had sake? I have not. I don't think I have. <laughs> it's it's a fermented rice liqueur, and it's it's really good. There's there's a tons of different variations of it. Um, they'll usually have it at a hibachi house, but it's 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 very good. So I I always want to go to the source of where a spirit is made or grown and try it there because that's where you really get the best stuff from. Sure, so I'm sure. looking forward to those trips. Oh, that's awesome! Very very cool. Well, it sounds like you're just excelling in all areas. I'm so happy for you. Thanks. Yeah. It's, it's life's fun. It's adventure every day. Make the most out of it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm going to put all of your information in the show notes, but just tell us real quick how people can find you. So, um, I can be found on Instagram. Um, my handle is wonderlust drinker, which she has fabulous reels and cocktails. You have to go follow her. (laughs) Yeah. Traveling and drinking all together because, like I said, I love to go to different places and drink different things. Um, I also um, have um, my my store Facebook page is fun to follow too. That's called In the Pines Wines and Spirits. Um, I, I often post different educational things there, also recipes. And right now we're moving our shot advent calendars where we I create these. 24 days of cocktails and um, get it out to people. And and it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. So that's what our hot item is right now that we've been working on with that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then um, anybody that's interested in traveling, you can follow me on my Facebook page for that. That's Nicole Wonderless Drinker and Collective Travel Specialist. And on there, I'll post any of my trips, any tips. Um, People have messaged me saying, you know, I'm going to New York City. Where do you suggest I go eat? I'm happy to give any advice or any itineraries of any of the places that I've been for anybody. Oh, my gosh. That's great. I would absolutely love to do a follow-up when you get back from your Ireland trip and do an episode just to hear everything that you experienced. Yeah, I'm doing Ireland, Spain, and the Azores all within a month of each other. So it'll be a lot of traveling, a lot of exposure to things, a lot of different drinking things. I can't wait. Yes. 
Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking time. This has been fun. It's great to see your face. I know not everyone can see you, but I'm happy that I can see you. <laughs> I know, Robin. It was so good catching back up with you. It's been a couple of years, and thank you for having me on to be a guest. I'm happy to help anybody with cocktail or travel tips. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much. That was so much fun, but I do apologize for the internet connection issues at the end. Although, if you had to reach your liquor store via snowmobile, then your internet connection might be a bit spotty too. Here are the takeaways. Traveling exposes you to so much culture. How fun would it be to center that trip around spirits? Two, mixology and classes like Nicole's can make cocktails approachable and educational. Open your world. Three, Big name producers are wonderful, but do sometimes take shortcuts or add chemicals and preservatives to mass produce. Maybe try a craft producer producer for a pure quality product. Four, tequila is the number one growing spirit in the United States. That makes me trendy. (laughs) Five, when in Santiago, try a Pisco Sour or four. Oh, be sure to follow the In the Pines Wines and Spirits on Facebook for Nicole's Black Friday posts and the 24 Days of Spirits and Cocktails that she mentioned. Huge shout out to her. Cheers to all of you. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you take a few seconds to do each or all of the following. First, follow or subscribe to Spandex and Wine. It'll help you so you don't miss an episode and it'll help me because you won't miss any episodes. To do this, you'll just go to the podcast, click subscribe or follow wherever you are listening. Look for the plus sign or follow button. And this is one of the best things that you can do for the podcast. So thank you. If you'd also be willing to give a five-star review, that would be amazing. And lastly, please share an episode with a friend or five (laughs) to keep the love going. I appreciate you. Thanks.